It's your favorite comedian, Anthony Rogers, live in his tour bus. Yeah. But also, you need to get a beard like this. People have been talking. They, they said your shit looks whack. It looks weird. They can't tell your pronouns. You need, you need to get a beard like this right now. And the only way to do that is by using luxurious bastard beard oil. Great smell, great function, great everything. Just get this. And there's directions on how to use it if you know how to read. But use the link in the description. Go to the website. Use promo code LEGENDARY. Get a discount. Do it. Thank you. Boom. Smokey's Edibles. Gluten-free. Dairy-free. Vegan. No corn syrup. Ugh. Way better than other edibles on the market. Get them. Get them. Get them. Eat responsibly, obviously. Like when you watch the show and you're not doing anything or you're at work or anything like that. That's obvious, but some people have to hear that. Um, Definitely... These are the watermelon. My favorite are the peach. I just grabbed these last night for something different. Sour watermelon sounded cool. I've had them before, but I just wanted a little something different, you know? Uh, make sure, that's 21 and over. Make sure they're 21 and over. Buy them for yourself. They're amazing. Eat them before the show. Eat them before every episode, like me. So I'm Dennis with the Anthony Rogers Show podcast. My question for you is, what would you do if you became president to help the working class? Well, you know, the, I think the, the principal thing right now is housing. That the price of housing is uh, is going up, and it's beyond the reach of mm -hmm. most Americans. Along with oil and America. gas and food. Yeah, yeah. inflation mm -hmm. is is hurting everything, and inflation is more complex. Mm -hmm. I can't say that I'm going to stop inflation overnight. What I can say. Mm -hmm is that I'm going to stop the, the long-term cause of inflation. I'm going to unravel a war machine. I'm going to reduce dramatically health care costs by ending the chronic disease. Welcome back to the greatest show in the entire universe. Um, today we have an absolute legend. If you're from Missouri, you probably already know. And if you're not, you may know also. Uh, Senator Bill Igel. Uh, how you doing, brother? Hey, Anthony. Thanks for having me, man. Glad to be hey. here. Thanks, man. It's it's always weird to say hi twice. Like uh, whenever whenever you say hi before it goes live, and then hi like yeah. right after. It's like it, it's kind of a weird redundant thing that uh, that only we know about. That it, it, had I not said that out loud, you know. Right on, right on. Just happy to be here. <laughs> well, thanks, man. Uh, you've done a lot of good stuff for Missouri, man. You got you got a lot of balls for a senator too, and I in a good way. I respect that. Like, like um, like, like it seems like a lot of these guys are cucks, man. And and, uh, and no disrespect to anybody you may know or something like that, but I'm saying like you 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 were good for Missouri, and I really appreciate what you do, man. Uh, to start this off, I really do appreciate what you're doing. Right on, right on. It's uh, it's been a, we have a real rhino problem here in the state of Missouri, where we have a lot of people that are saying one thing in campaign season, and then they get into office, they do something else. That's why virtually everybody I meet, nobody trusts politicians, nobody trusts elected officials anymore, and that's not a great thing. Uh, but we have uh, we have kind of a uni party going on where both parties are trying to grow the size of government. They're treading on our liberties. Things are getting worse, and you know Missouri hasn't been immune to kind of the stagnation that's been caused for all. Uh, of this government growth. Uh, we you know, Right now, I mean, you and I, right now, we have never sent more of our personal treasure to government to pay for whatever programs the government thinks is important right now. And at the same time, hardly anybody I mean, in fact, I don't think anybody I've met thinks that the outcomes we're getting for all that sacrifice have been worth it in terms of the cost of our liberty. So uh, we, we've got a long way to go in the state of Missouri, but I think the people of this state are, are looking for kind of this bold, alternative, conservative solution uh, to a lot of the problems we're seeing. I, d I definitely agree with like everything you just said there, um, and, and I agree with a lot of the guys. Like um, a lot of guys running in Missouri and in office in Missouri. I'm not gonna name names. This isn't like fourth grade, you know. But 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 a lot a lot of these guys, man, they, they do they do say one thing. They vote completely opposite. Like I was looking at a lot of these guys' votes, and like uh, they don't vote like you do. Like you seem like you pretty much do what you say, and I respect that a lot. And like uh, if you say you're doing something, it seems like it seems like that's the way you vote. And a lot of these guys will come out here acting like they're all like uh, they're they're all pro America and all this, and they're just like. But like that, like the current, like I like that you run for governor too. We'll get to that in a second. Um, yep. the, like the current, the current governor for 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 example, with his like you can China can't buy farmland ten miles from a, a military base. So you're basically telling them where the military bases are. Yeah, I mean, which, which is insane to me. Like it was completely. Yes. They're like, hey, can we buy farmland here? Like, no, it's too close to a military base. I'm like, I mean, it's just like it's just like are they just like handing over our country, man? It's just it's it's just nuts to me, man. And um, and I, you, you're, you were the one I'd want to be governor if I was to pick any, pick anybody out of that's running out of this clown show, man. I think you have the, I think you have the best shot, and I think you have the best voting record, and I think you actually, I mean, would probably do the best for Missouri, and that's why I annoyed you so much to be on here, like personally. Yeah. 
No, I, I, absolutely. In fact, you mentioned the uh, the farmland bill. You know, Mike Parson, our current governor, uh, back it was it was Mike Parson who back in 2013, who he was a state senator back then, actually voted to allow China and other foreign countries to start buying up our farmland in, in the first place. So this was a problem caused by Republicans who took a vote to allow our land to be sold, and now. Uh, I'm not shocked when they're slow to take actual decisive action to, to put a stop to it. You know, I've had bills that I've been filing for years uh, that would not just prevent China from buying our farmland, but it would prevent any foreign entity from buying our farmland. And it's not because there aren't countries out there uh, that uh, I, I may think are great countries and they're doing some good things and they may have uh, some good feelings towards the United States. I, I think that our food supply ought to be controlled by us. I, I think that Missouri ought to be owned by Missourians or at least Americans. And the idea that anybody from a foreign country can come in and buy up and take control of our food supply is outrageous. And I think almost every single Missourian, whether you're Republican, Democrat or independent, agrees with that assessment because they understand, that, hey, this is a national sovereignty issue. Uh, and they know that that's the right way to go. So uh, I would like to see a lot more bold conservative leadership out of our governor. But, uh, you know, he's in his final year. So we're probably going to have to take matters into our own hand. Yeah, I would love to see you win that, man. And um, did you get to some softer stuff? Like, what are some of your favorite things about Missouri, I guess, you know, like to, to bring in some good news for people? Like, yeah, uh, well, I'm a Cardinals baseball fan. You know, I have been on my whole <laughs> life. Uh, you know, I, I, I know that uh, sometimes the Cardinals baseball fans get a bad rap in other parts. I know we got the Royals, and, uh, you know, I got nothing against the Royals on the, on the western side of the state. Uh, lots of great people over there in Kansas City, but I'm a Cardinals fan. Uh, we have a tremendous amount of culture and history in St. Louis. Uh, we are, you know, a lot of things you don't know about St. Louis, everything from where the chess capital of the world, we've got uh, the world, the former world championship uh, St. Louis Blues hockey club. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm hoping that I can reach a point in my political career where people just ask me my, my opinions on uh, the St. Louis sports teams. That would be actually fantastic for me. So I've raised a family here. So uh, my wife grew up in, in, uh, in St. Louis. My dad grew up in St. Louis. So uh, it, is a, uh, it is a great place to work and live. It's just that we're falling behind some of the other big red states in the country. And I think that we should, I, you know, all the other big red states are doing big red things, you know, Florida, Texas, uh, they're in the news all the time, defending our liberties, what have you. I, I want the governors of those states uh, to turn on their TVs in the morning and see all the things that we're, we should be doing here in Missouri and say, man, let's be more like the, the state of Missouri. Let's cut our taxes. Let's get our budget under control. Let's actually defend the rights of the citizens, whether it's the Second Amendment or freedom of speech, you name it. Uh, we can be a leader in this state, and, and that's where I'd like to see Missouri go. Yeah, it's a double-edged sword. I kind of like that Missouri's a very well-kept secret, but I also get what you're saying. I think I think, uh, I, I, but we're not getting all the Florida or, or all the California, New York refugees. No, I kind of want. I kind of like that it's a secret, but I get your point though. It is great, and nobody, a lot of people don't know that. And yep. You touched on a couple of things I wanted to ask you about. Like, uh, you have, you have a plan to get rid of the income taxes, Governor. Like, what what is your yep. uh? And, and correct me where I'm, if I mess it up. What is, what is your plan to get rid of the income taxes? I, I love that, obviously, as a businessman. Yeah, uh, it's the, the plan is to start cutting uh, government spending in Jefferson City. So uh, let me put it in perspective. Since 2017, okay. when I came in uh, to the state Senate, our state budget at that time was about $27 billion a year. Today, as I'm sitting here in front of you, our state budget is $52 billion uh, a year. So we've we've doubled the size of our state government just in the past seven years of having a supermajority of Republicans and a Republican governor. To put that in perspective, we have grown the size of government in Jefferson City more in these seven years than all the Democratic governors combined going back to the founding of the state. So of all the problems, I'm fond of saying that all the problems that we have in the state of Missouri, none of them have to do with the people of Missouri not sending enough of their cash to government somewhere. So uh, you want to get rid of the income tax? I want to get rid of the income tax. And the way we're going to do it is we're going to start bringing down all that spending. And we've grown the spending as a result of all the money we're taking from Washington, D.C. Right now, Missouri is the most dependent state in the country. Uh, on Washington, D.C. to pay its bills. Nobody gets a higher percentage of their budget from Washington, D.C. than, than the big, bright red state of Missouri. That's that's crazy. we got to bring that down. We're just enriching a few very powerful corporate special interests. And if we would stop enriching the powerful in Jefferson City, we could get around to getting rid of personal property taxes in uh, Missouri. We could get rid of the income tax in the state of Missouri. And that is the kind of policy that's going to start having growth come to the show-me state versus uh, just always going to Texas or Tennessee or Florida. So uh, we've got a lot of waste uh, that we can cut in government. We have wasted hundreds of millions of dollars on things that last year, get this, we, we spent $30 million 
on a meat laboratory. So to make synthetic meat in the state of Missouri, taxpayers are taxpayers are building a $30 million meat laboratory. We spent tens of thousands, almost $100,000 on private professional stadium upgrades. So the the women's soccer club in Kansas City got a brand new parking lot for a few million dollars amongst the other improvements to private professional stadiums. We built a walking, a concrete overpass over the top of I-70 down in Kansas City for $26 million. And these are the, you know, I refer to the budget here in Missouri as making earmarks great again because we have so much wasteful spending that we haven't been getting to uh, alleviating the property tax burden. You know, property tax assessments, they're up 30 percent uh, for homes and it's up almost 28 percent uh, for the property taxes that we pay on our cars. That's ridiculous. We we need some leadership in this state that's going to put a stop to the grip that's going on for the powerful few in Jefferson City and get back to making Missouri a place where businesses and small business owners and everyday folks can actually prosper. Yeah, I feel like a lot of that Kansas City stuff could just be funded off like the Chiefs stadiums, like the Chiefs yeah. winning and stuff. I mean, they don't they don't win, they don't need their tax dollars for that. And I, I definitely and I'm pretty much anti tax across the board. I mean, I I, uh, I mean at least at least there should be accountability for taxes rather. I mean, and there's not much. I mean, especially in 2020 when the schools are shut down, we couldn't use the roads yeah. and we still paid taxes. I mean, that was a very good example about how that's not going to that. Um, and, and if I knew nothing about you, I'd vote for you just off that. To be honest, I love uh, um. <laughs> I, I love that when I first saw that when you when you uh, first started announcing that you were running that that was your main platform. I loved that yeah. immediately. I, but, um, just, just for the record, uh, Anthony, just so you know, I there there I've never met a tax that I wasn't willing to cut. There, there is no such tax. Uh, all taxes are too high. They all need to be cut. Some of them need to be gotten rid of completely. Uh, and every other tax in existence needs to be brought down. Yeah, I mean it's theft at this point. I mean, I mean, and I see you on um, Austin Peterson show. Like you have a lot of like libertarian. Uh, Tennessee's it seems like too is a Republican, which I definitely appreciate. I mean, I don't know you that well, but it seems like that. And um, okay, this uh, this this one's kind of I, I feel like you have a great opinion on this. Like, what is what would you do as governor? Um, or when you when you become governor, what would you do about the Texas border situation? Uh, so first of all, uh, we are a republic of of states, and if the Texas governor uh, needs some assistance. Uh, with our that we can provide through our National Guard units. I'm happily uh, I'm willing to send our National Guard units down to the national border to work hand in hand with Texas National Guard to ensure that uh, we maintain the sovereignty of our state. Uh, but I, I think the the border crisis, which is a broader problem and has, has caused all states to become effectively a border state, uh, there are things that we could be doing in Missouri right now to deal with this problem. I mean, the first thing that I'm going to do uh, on the on, on the first day that I'm the governor of the state is I'm going to triple the highway patrol presence on the highways leading into and out of our urban areas in St. Louis and Kansas City. Those cities are actually being used as gateways, not just for illegal immigration coming into the state, but for the fentanyl trade, for uh, the human trafficking trade, we can actually uh, we can we can actually provide a far greater law enforcement presence and start putting these folks in jail uh, in jail and stopping the flow of this illegal activity in the first place. Uh, whereas Mike Parson right now hasn't done anything. Yeah, you know it's and it's it has been yeah, very frustrating, very frustrating to see him continue to do nothing. And then when the Democratic regimes in those cities tolerate uh, this kind of uh, bad behavior, uh, there's no repercussions. No, I agree, and I think I think uh, Ashcroft would be more of the same. I think I think they're uh, I think they're weak men, and and um I think that um and, and to answer Susie um this is uh Senator Bill Igel he is running for governor, and you can vote for him in the primary August sixth, uh, twenty twenty four, um to answer your question um but no I think I I love your energy man, and I think that like you're what Missouri needs as governor. I definitely think that um and I and I love that answer. I was, I'm on on board with that as well um what what is your opinion on term limits as far as like um any any political position I guess that's kind of vague I guess but like uh, what is your position on term limits. So I've always supported term limits. Um, you know, term limits are kind of a double-edged sword uh, sometimes. Uh, yeah, in that, uh, you know, you're 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 losing some institutional knowledge. I think term limits make a ton of sense for executive branch positions in particular. Uh, so I think those are always good. And in every chance I've had, now we have term limits uh, in the legislature right now. So I can tell you that I, I'm not going to lose any sleep over not being able to run for the state senate again. <laughs> so so we already we already have those. Uh, but you know the 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 turnstile that's going on as a result of having these term limits, I think, is also served to kind of disconnect folks from, from the, their their representatives to a degree. And uh, you know, I, well, another thing I, I say to a lot of the folks that I, I travel around the state and I meet is that they are very frustrated right now. Everywhere I go, urban, suburban, rural areas, people are very frustrated right now. They feel like Missouri is falling behind. They instinctually know uh, the government isn't doing a darn thing about it. And my, my message to those folks is that, hey, first of all, you're not alone. 
you may be coming into the, the political discussion for the first time ever because you're frustrated about what's going on, but you're not alone. There are millions of Missourians that are going to stand up and have already been showing up and not in our primaries and our general elections that I think is going to do something that's going to absolutely shock the swamp in 2024. And we don't have to be afraid of these narratives that uh, the swamp, as we informally call it, keep coming out with that, you know, a guy like Igel can't win. He doesn't have the name ID. He doesn't have the money, the lobbyist money to get it done. We are seeing far more progress by every metric, uh, polling by the fundraising that we're doing that indicates that the message we have of this bolder conservative Missouri that's going to be unapologetic when it comes to uh, making the swamp uncomfortable uh, is is very popular and the message is, is uh, going very well. Yeah, you're, you're the only one running for governor that I that I, uh, that, that I even like. And I, and I, and I just this is the first time I ever uh, even have a conversation with you. Mm-hmm. Like I saw I saw Ashcroft on that CNN thing and I watched the CNN Oof. guy steamroll him. And I'm yeah. just like, what? I'm like, yeah. how, how are you how, in a position of governor? How are you gonna let a CNN guy steamroll you, bro? Yeah. That would never happen to you. Like that, you're like your energy. That would never happen to a guy like you. And I, yes. and I think he just makes us look weak, man. It just makes us look. And he's Secretary of State, and it's so weak, dude. Yes. Well, I, I, I have, I have always believed that, and this is actually true in politics or uh, in any walk of life. You know, the the role of any leader, uh, no matter what organization we're talking about, is to be able to articulate uh, a vision of what a better tomorrow looks like. Uh, sure. And if you can't be if you can't be passionate about it, if you can't describe that, if you can't defend that, uh, then you're going to be undercut at every turn. So, you know, people talk about things in, in political campaigns like name ID and, and how much money have you raised? Listen, none of that matters if you don't have a message. Uh, and my message uh, is that folks uh, are upset. They're not alone. And this we're going to win what I've described as a war of ideas that's going on, not just in Missouri, by the way, it's all over the country. We're in a war of ideas uh, on the first floor of the Missouri Capitol. Uh, there are several in- inscriptions inscribed in the stone and marble archways of the first floor of the Capitol. And one of them is my favorite, uh, which says that ideas will rule the world. Ideas will rule the world. Not people, not institutions, but ideas. Well, the ideas that we have, especially as Republicans, about a smaller, limited government are the ideas that actually was the foundational base of the republic in the first place. And, you know, these United States, not the United States, these United States, uh, which is a collection of independent sovereign states that emphasize the liberty of the individual. And you mentioned uh, libertarian leavings. Yeah, I, I, I was a small business. Any, I was a small business owner before I was a state senator. Anybody who's been a small business owner, I, I have a strong belief that you have some liber- <laughs> libertarian leadings uh, in that. So, uh, we are in a war of ideas where we're going to push back on the left that's trying to uh, uh, mutilate and harm our children and destroy our families. We're going to push back on the left because we believe that our national border and our national sovereignty actually means something and it's leading to chaos to have the border open in the way that it is. Uh, we, our idea is that uh, government is taking too much to us. We had a revolution with Great Britain a couple hundred years ago because of a 50 cent stamp tax. And now every time you turn around, everything's taxed. Your income's taxed. Your purchases are taxed, your property's taxed, your car's taxed, your cigarettes are taxed, your insurance is taxed. When you die, that's taxed too. We have allowed ourselves to slip into a tax uh, environment, and now government is so big. By every measure, every objective measure, government's never been bigger than it is right now. By the numbers of tax dollars that they spend on your behalf, by the number of lines of code that you and I have to comply with in order to stay out of jail. Government has never been bigger. And how are those outcomes doing? Well, look at the Bidenomics out there that are driving inflation, that is crushing our economies, an open border that is is suffocating our communities. And we have a bunch of politicians that are part of what I describe as the uni party in many cases that have got people so upset that no one's willing to actually make that status quo uncomfortable to a little bit uh, that I think in 2024, it's gonna be a decisive year and we're going to start electing people from Donald Trump on down that are going to take this country back. What does that mean? It means we're going to make the swamp very, very uncomfortable. No, I definitely hope so, man. I definitely, I, I definitely, I definitely hope like all these guys get in the office again. Like uh, 2020 was kind of a letdown for sure, but I, but I hope that uh, I hope that these guys studied and uh, studied up. You know, um, well, uh, how can we get rid of baby murdering in, in Missouri? Like how can we, uh, or emphasize or whatever, whatever they call it. I forgot what they call it. Yeah, they call it abortion. Yeah. So, the, so there's good there's good news uh, on this topic in the sense that you know abortion's already illegal in the state of Missouri. We were the first two. So one of the things that I, I did when I uh, while I was a senator, state senator was I I voted and helped get passed the heartbeat bill, uh, which had a clause in it that said if Roe versus Wade has ever overturned, uh, abortion is going to be completely in, illegal in the state. That's where we're at right now. Now Perfect. that said, 
there's more to do because we still have some of our tax dollars that are going to abortion institutions like Pan Parenthood and some of the other institutions in this state uh, that are supporting the institution of abortion. We have a university in St. Louis, Washington University, that is training doctors to kill uh, babies and then farming them out to other states so that this uh, tragedy can occur beyond our borders. I think there's things that we could do to put a stop to that. So uh, there is... I think the fight for life is never truly going to be over in the sense that if you believe that all life is precious like I do, you're not looking for uh, opportunities to punch holes or turn the heartbeat bill that got rid of abortion in the first place into some sort of Swiss cheese. You're looking for where where is the next uh, battlefield that uh, the powerful are going to try to harm uh, unborn children or small children. And I'll tell you, one of those industries, uh, the next big industry, the next big battlefield that we're fighting on right now is the transgender industry. You know, the transgender industry, which is subjecting children under the age of 18 to these uh, these terrible mutilating surgeries, uh, telling kids that we don't let determine their bedtime, that they can actually change their gender. I mean, think about that. that I mean, that's, that's extraordinary uh, that we that's would same. allow this to go on in, in a uh, civilized society. So there is always, there are always going to be uh, evil villains out there that we have to protect against. And whether it's protecting the unborn, whether it's protecting their kids, we're going to be bold about leading this country. Awesome. No, I love that energy, man. Like, uh, I love that energy. Yeah. Um, I, I had a question. You threw, you threw me off by you hit so many different topics in my brain. going. <laughs> yeah, you I was so filibustering. Many... That's what I do in the Senate. I, we filibuster the answers. <laughs> you, no, you had so much good, so much good content right there, bro. You had, just, you had me just, uh, I'm supposed to be hosting. I just turned into a listener, man. Like, uh, <laughs> Like, like, no, it's great. Like, uh, it's kind of a cheesy question. But like, who are some of the political guys you looked up to? Like, politicians, I guess, you looked up to. Uh, look Ronald up Reagan. Currently? Yeah, I, I would say Ronald Reagan. The reason I love Ronald Reagan is actually, and I said this earlier, uh, he was known as the great communicator. You know, Ronald Reagan had the ability to uh, not just describe to you uh, why conservative principles uh, were so important uh, and how they could lead to good outcomes, but he was able to do it in a way that, Every person, whether you're a Republican, Democrat, or or otherwise, uh, could could understand and appreciate. You know, I I often talk about uh, you know the election of 1978, a couple of years before Ronald Reagan uh, was came into office uh, as president. You know, Jimmy Carter was the president. We had a Democratic president. We had a Democratic Congress at the time. The country was in the midst of an economic crisis, and we you know the term economic malaise was used very often. We had a series of foreign policy disasters, very similar to where the country was in 2022 with Joe Biden. We had a series of foreign policy disasters. We had high inflation. And yet, just like in 1978, what happened in 2022 is uh, everybody was expecting a big red wave, but without that national leader that was really bringing folks together and giving them a vision that they could buy into, believe and understand, uh, we didn't see the red wave really arrive in 2022. We didn't see the red wave arrive in 1978. But a couple of years later in 1980, when Ronald Reagan came along and was able to speak to so many people and communicate that vision uh, of conservatism and Republican values, he was able to build coalitions that, quite frankly, we haven't seen in this country since. So I, I absolutely uh, look up to, uh, to to Ronald Reagan as one of the guys that influenced uh, me and my and my policies. No, great answer. I, I love Reagan as well. Like he, uh, he was pretty much the only president in the '80s, man, and why the '90s were successful. Uh, right. Uh, do you think you could fix St. Louis? Kind of a vague question, but do you, do yeah. you think it's do you think as governor you can? And what would you do to fix yeah. St. Louis? The Absolutely, huge, huge uh, on my list. Yeah, it's actually an easier answer than I think uh, a lot of politicians realize. So uh, here's what happens: uh, St. Louis uh, City decides uh, that they they don't want to they don't want to support their police departments. They don't want to put criminals in jail, and if they do put them in jail, they don't want to prosecute them. And then uh, they are that this bad behavior leads to outrageous rates of criminal activity. People are leaving the city in droves. It's one of the fastest shrinking, uh, cities in the entire country. And it's a, it's a, it's a disaster. It's an acknowledged disaster. Well, uh, here's what I would do. Uh, if I were governor, the governor writes the state budget. The governor uh, has line item veto authority and withhold authority over the state budget. And, uh, I think that I, I would love to see, I, this could happen right now, I would love to see Mike Parson say tomorrow that, you know what, if you're not going to put criminals in jail, if you're not going to protect the rights of your citizens, uh, if you're not going to support your police departments, so they have the equipment they need to keep these streets safe, uh, then we're going to start withholding a whole bunch of money uh, that would otherwise come to St. Louis for some of your boondoggle projects that you've got going down in the city of St. Louis. Uh, and if you want to get a out of out of control local government into line pretty quick, hit them where it hurts. Hold the Withhold the money, and if you do that, I'm willing to bet they're going to have a change of heart probably overnight. And the question is, why doesn't Mike Parson do that? Why did, He could do that tomorrow where he could take a hardline stance against the city of St. Louis and say, listen, if you're not going to protect the rights of your citizens, 
you're not getting any more money from the state. Uh, that is exactly the type of attitude that I would bring as, as a governor. And I would use that extensively to get different policy changes from the city. And if they weren't going to start, if they weren't, if they weren't going to be serious about protecting the rights of their citizens, which is devastating, not just for St. Louis City, but the entire region of St. Louis, uh, then it, it is something that the state can't recover from. So we're going to be bold about that. I also mentioned tripling the highway patrol presence. You know, when I mentioned tripling the highway patrol presence on the highways that are being used as as conduits in and out of the city, I, I didn't just think of that in a vacuum. Believe it or not, Governor Eric Greitens actually started that policy back in 2017. They were arresting thousands of criminals uh, and bad actors using the highways at a conduit for the first few months of 2017. Of course, unfortunately, we know how the Greitens story ended. It, it ended in an absolute disaster. But those policies were actually working. Mike Parson, when he came on board, got away from those policies, and we've never re-engaged in them since. Yeah, like a lot, I like Greitens' policy. You know, I wish he wouldn't have cucked so bad with uh, public scrutiny. You could have just been like, like, yeah, I tied that bitch up. You know, it's like, whatever, dude. If, if you just want to straight, if you just want to straight face his, 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 his criticism, I can, I'm more about policy. I don't, I don't care. Yeah. I, I, I'm Christian and stuff, but, but, but I, I don't care about like what people do as long as their policy's good. I mean, as far yeah. it's, it's like, that's how I feel. I mean, his policy was good. And um, Susie has a more exact uh, like question about St. Louis too. I think in here. Um, coming from St. Louis here, um, what are some of your thoughts on uh, releasing violent prisoners without standing trial, uh, the Kim Gardner situation, and addressing yep. the homeless situation? And um, I guess she was about to ask the same time I was. Also, uh, how would you address guns and drugs? These are a lot of things I'll keep on the yep. screen. Like, more or less yeah, no, I'm looking at them right now. Uh, so first of all, the idea that we would release violent prisoners without even standing trial or being charged with a crime is outrageous. Uh, we saw, we've seen incidents uh, in the past 12 months where uh, police officers are being shot at uh, the the individuals be arrested and then released without even being charged with a crime. So uh, the, uh, the biggest piece of that component was Kim Gardner. And of course, certainly we've gotten her out of there. But let's be honest, a problem this big is not is never just one person or never just one office. So we had problems all the way from the mayor's office down to the Board of Aldermen who work every single day to defund their police, to work every single day not to enforce the law. So if these individuals uh, are not going to enforce the law, are not going to follow state law, then again, you have to be willing to hit uh, these local governments where it hurts the most and threaten that which they value the most, which is the money. Uh, they are taking uh, hundreds of millions of dollars every year from Jefferson City, and we haven't had a governor that's willing to put a stop to that if they don't start seeing some positive changes around the city of St. Louis. Uh, the homeless situation, you know, I, the homeless situation uh, is, uh, is, is uh, you know, it's kind of crazy it, it, when you think about it. It is a state crime. Uh, to be just camped out on public ground overnight. So these individuals, uh, who many of whom are suffering from drug addictions and need genuine help, uh, the fact that the city allows them to just uh, fall into uh, the, uh, a, a routine where they're, 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 they have these uh, criminal uh, breeding grounds uh, of more terrible activity, it's just outrageous. Those, these homeless camps ought to be uh, broken down overnight because they're breaking state law. Uh, individuals who are addicted and need to get treatment. We have a tremendous number of government programs that we could put these people in, but allowing them just to decay on the streets is outrageous. You know, the city of St. Louis had a bill up a few weeks ago, or I guess it was a couple months ago now, that talked about uh, making it legal for homeless individuals to ur urinate and defecate on public property. That's the kind of conversation that the lead, the quote unquote leaders in the city of St. Louis are talking about right now. That's not going to fix anything. We need some bold conservative leaders to go in there and actually hold these people accountable. Now, the question, and I've kind of, t I've implied this a couple of times, why doesn't Mike Parson do this, right? Why, I mean, the, uh, the natural question is to say, wow, this, this sounds uh, pretty straightforward. Why doesn't Mike Parson do this? Here's why Mike Parson doesn't do this. Mike Parson, as I told you, has been growing the state budget to record levels in the past seven years while he's been the governor. Well, guess what? Guys like me on the conservative end of the Republican caucus don't vote for those bills. In fact, there's enough guys and gals like me that don't vote for those bills that Mike Parson actually needs the assistance of the Democrats, the few Democrats that we have in the Senate chamber and the House chamber, to pass his big bloated budgets. And you can't ask these guys uh, and gals in the Democratic caucus to vote for your budget, but then turn around and try to take a hardline stance against their activities in Kansas City and St. Louis. So it puts the governor in a very bad position because he wants to spend money and waste money as much as the Democrats do. When I get in there, it's going to be an entirely different mindset. I'm going to work with the Republicans to pass some of the most conservative small budgets that we've seen in this state. And until we have that kind of mentality in the governor's mansion, 
Nothing is going to get better. So there is a lot that we can do that we're not doing right now to activate the law enforcement, the, uh, the, the Missouri Highway Patrol that we're not doing, and using the state budget as a tool, as a stick uh, to keep the, the local areas in line when they're misbehaving like this. Yeah, no, you touched a lot of things, and that's a lot of that's a lot of good ideas, man. Like those are definitely like, key problems you brought up. Uh, I, and as far as like politics in the city, I, I I ran for U.S. Congress against Cory Bush. I was the Republican nominee, and, and like this this the St. Louis. I didn't I, yeah I didn't know if you're familiar. The St. Louis GOP is almost is almost worse than the Democratic Party here, man. And and uh, you don't have to agree or whatever. But it's like I know your, your position is a little different than mine. But I, as far as like you're running for office, I'm not right now. But I was, <laughs> but I, but I was saying like a lot of these guys, man, they they just don't understand anything, dude. Like they. And I feel like they're almost Democrats pretending to be Republican to hold those chairs <clears throat> is a lot of what happens. Like all they would do is argue with me and try to take votes from me. Like they didn't, they didn't, they had no backing. I had to go national. I had to get like Roger Stone. I, I had to get, I had to get all the bigger guys. Cause like, cause like the little guys wouldn't help me. And, and yeah. like, it, yeah. and they literally, all they did was take 300 votes from me and, and they tried to have an ego about it. I'm like, and I'm like, I still got 20,000 more votes than the last guy. And you guys were against me. You mean it shows how little power they have, man. Like the all yeah. are a joke out here. Like even even the few Republican aldermen we have are a joke, dude. Yeah, I, actually, are there any Republican aldermen? I don't know that there are. I, I think. Uh, I think I maybe okay. You might be right. Actually, they're all chair members. Yeah, they're. I guess they're all chair I, members of the committee. I mean, it's it's, it's right. It's, actually, it's amazing. To, it's it's amazing to me that there's only one area of the state that literally has unanimous Democrat control, and it's St. Louis City. No, you're it, right. They it, only have committee members. You're right. They only have chair and yeah. committee members. There's no. They're, yeah, they're not aldermen. They all lost. I forgot. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's just it's bizarre how how much I feel like the Democrat. You saw it in 2020 when you went in there. Everybody was wearing a mask, but me, and, I, and like that's a very obvious indicator of party almost. Like it's, I mean, it's not always, but it's a very obvious indicator. I'm looking around, I'm like, is everybody a bitch in here? I mean, excuse my language. You're running for office. Sorry, is everybody a coward in here? It just it just made no sense. And I'm just like looking at someone. I'm like, who's like like? And they all were complaining about the president. I'm I'm just like I'm like, you don't like Trump. You're wearing a mask. Like, you're, how are you Republican? It just made none of it made any sense to me, man. Like. And that, that was the biggest problem I have with, with the local areas. Like they're almost like purposely holding down St. Louis. Well, here's the, here's the bottom line for St. Louis. Everybody in St. Louis city is suffering. Everyone. Uh, I mean, in fact, the because people that policies. are, the, yeah, absolutely. Uh, and because uh, of those policies uh, where they're not prosecuting criminals, uh, they're, they're, they're passing economic policies and budgets in the city of St. Louis uh, that are so out of control that they're suffocating communities. Anyone with the capacity and ability to leave St. Louis uh, city is doing so, which is damaging the entire region. That's the number one economic region of the state right now, the St. Louis metro. And if there, if we don't turn that around, if we don't start holding them accountable uh, for the bad behavior, for the non-protection uh, of the rights of the citizens that, that live there, it's going to be very difficult for uh, the state of Missouri to be prosperous when they're uh, continually having these problems in its biggest economic corner. It's holding us back. You no, know, St. Louis is holding us back, and, and and like the citizens are awesome, man. Really good art crowd, really good entrepreneur crowd. I mean, you you have a lot of really good people out here. I'm, I'm parked out. I'm I'm out here right now, but but it's just like uh, it's it's a good area. It's in like in a lot of ways also. Like the restaurants are top tier. I mean, a lot of a lot of the creative community and stuff. It's just like they don't understand policy, man. You, you try to talk to these guys, and they will vote against their best interests just because it's a democratic thing. Like they they think, I guess, as they left their small town and came here, they left like their small farm town and then came here. They're like. I don't know what it is. I can't process like how blonde they're more about identity than policy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's, uh, it, it, and it, it's no mistake that, you know, when I said that St. Louis city is one of the fastest shrinking uh, areas of the country, that was, that's it not is. an exaggeration. Uh, in fact, at the rate that they're losing people, uh, there won't be a single person left in St. Louis city by the turn of the century. So uh, this sad, is, right, it, it, it is, you know, St. Louis city used to be the fourth uh, largest city in the country. Uh, I mean, that's how far they've fallen. And, uh, now they're, they're leading the country in all the wrong metrics. And it's, uh, there is no indication from the St. Louis city leadership that they are going to, they're going to change course. And so it's, it is the proper role of the state. You know, the state uh, is the foundational building block of our Republic. Uh, the state creates all the local jurisdictions. Uh, and when the local jurisdictions who are empowered by the state to protect the rights of its citizens at a much closer level refuses to do so, it's the responsibility of the state to step in. So I expect us to see uh, more engagement from the state and more intervention from the state if these policies continue. And if you're one of the 400 people watching, they're going to his area. You know, they're going. They're going from St. Louis to St. Charles, where this man's right. a senator. I mean, that's so, right. so and I mean, that's how I view it. And like, um, so, so, man, well, what can people do to help you get your name? I mean, not that you need it or anything, but but I'm just saying, like, what what do pe what can people do to help you to get votes to to get the word out? What what, what can what can a viewer do or yeah. what can I do or what 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 can be done? 
Yeah, absolutely. First step is go to my website, billigel.com. Sign up to be a part of our, uh, our our mailing list. There's also a volunteer sign up, so you can do everything from help us make phone calls, help us knock on doors, put a sign out in your yard. If you want to donate, make a donation for five or ten bucks. You know, we have raised uh, since the beginning of 2023. We've raised about two and a half million dollars, and my average donation uh, for all of that money is about 19 bucks. So, you know, we have it's not just a, a few big, powerful special interests writing enormous checks down in Jefferson City. It's everyday folks putting in five, 10, 15 dollars at a time uh, to help me get my message out. And I overwhelmingly am 100 percent certain that the value of having a message about this stronger, bolder Missouri that's going to be a leader in these United States is exactly what folks are looking for. And they're frustrated that we haven't gotten there already. So. Uh, you, we don't have to be afraid of the idea that uh, you know everybody's going to tell us that we can't do this. The, the, the swamp, the status quo down there in Jefferson City, they can't imagine the Missouri that I'm talking about. And, and right now, it, there's too many people in Jefferson City that are just talking about uh, why we can't get to that better version of, of, of Missouri. Well, uh, we're going to show up in 2024 and, 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 and show them what's what. Awesome. Yeah. So if you're if you're watching this uh, even later, um, go to the website on the screen or the uh, website in the description if you're listening to this later. Um, yeah. And then uh, volunteer, get, uh, knock some doors for this man. Like I think, like uh, I definitely think we we just need the word out as much as possible. I think that um your opponents are jokes. I mean, to be honest, and and, and like they they will just bring Missouri back another five to ten years, man. Like if we, yeah. if we don't get a guy like uh, Senator Eigel in office, I think I think we're going backwards. In, in my exact opinion, and I'm not just—I'm not paid to say this. this is my opinion. I mean, uh, the sponsors paid me; they have nothing to do with this man. <laughs> I'm just saying these are these are my my actual opinions, and I'm just saying like I mean, I, I will knock doors with you if you want, man. I'm just saying like right I, don't, I don't know if that hurt you or help you, but I'm just saying. <laughs> but, I, but I'm just saying I would. I need to grow I, I a beard do. like that. I need. I would help my numbers if I could grow a beard like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it's like and uh and man, I just can't see like the guys running just make no sense to me, man. Like. When I saw that, when I saw the Secretary of State uh, like talk on CNN and let a CNN reporter yeah. steamroll over him, I'm like, yeah. this guy's got no balls. Can't let that happen. <laughs> Excuse my language. The guy's got no, I mean, just no guts. I guess nice way of saying it. it's just it's nuts to me. And I see a guy like you, and I'm, I'm like, man, you need that job. We we need you in that job more accurately. I don't I don't know if it's like I mean you'd be, it's donation of your time really when you could be like doing business and all these other things. And I and that's how I feel about politicians in Missouri. I think like. Uh, I mean, you could be making way more money in, in your in your company you had and stuff like that. You had a national remodeling company. And I'm just yeah. saying, like, you you could have been doing way more things financially. And not to bring it up, I'm saying. So, I think you, I think we need a guy like you in office, man. I think like, uh, and then let's go a little lighter. What what are some of your favorite movies? Like, what what kind of what kind of movies do you like? All right, so uh, this is this is kind of a little bit of a reveal for me here, but I'm a Star Wars guy. I'm a Star Wars, Star Trek. I'm, I love sci-fi. Star Wars, Star Trek. Uh, all of those, uh, Lord of the Rings, uh, if you, if you, military uh, fiction, uh, hey, I'm, I'm all in. So uh, if I had to say, actually, if I had to say my favorite movie of all time, I would say Aliens. Science movie. My wife got me into sci-fi. Like, she loves all that sci-fi stuff, too, and got me into it vicariously. Now now I'm watching all those movies and stuff. Like, yes. Any sci-fi, I, can t I, I pride myself on being able to tell you almost anything about sci-fi movies. So if it's sci-fi movies, it, but now I'm giving that answer. My wife is somewhere cringing right now. Uh, you know, <laughs> I grew up, you know, I grew up in the 1980s, you know, and action flicks and Arnold Schwarzenegger was uh, was big back in those days. Uh, it was uh, it was the prime time of movies. But life is good. <laughs> no, that's awesome, man. It's like I, I think not everything has to be so deep. You know, I think like uh, what, are, what are your favorite cities like in Missouri, I guess, too, to keep it kind of wider too. like, uh, oh, you know, I'm I'm kind of partial to uh, Salisbury, uh, Missouri. Uh, I own a farm up there, uh, and it is a gorgeous little town. It's about an hour north of uh, 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 Columbia. Okay. And I go up there, and there we have a little nice little seven acre lake. It's right in the flyway, so uh, I'm a I'm a hunter. So I love going up there, and and one of the benefits of of hunting up in this uh, this kind of secluded little farm that we own is that I don't get a cell phone service out there. So uh, it's a Anywhere that I could go in the state where my cell phone can't reach, I think that's a good thing. No, Missouri has the best of everything, man. We have the country, we have the city, we have the suburbs. I mean, and like and a lot of places do, but like we have we have the best of all that. Like I, I love your area, which is the biggest metropolitan area. I'm from O'Fallon, Missouri, originally. So I mean, yeah. I, I love I love yes. I, I love I love that market, man. Now you're out of St. Charles, I think, or something. But um, yeah, I think I I love that area, and then I love the country, like you said too. I love that aspect you just said there, and like uh, my wife's got a lot of farmland and stuff too, and her, her side of the family. I, I definitely love the rural thing, yeah. and then. I'm in St. Louis right now. I'm a sucker for those restaurants, man. I'm, I'm, I'm part. Uh, I'm in my bus right now, parked outside of a Greek food restaurant I love. You know, 
like uh, <laughs> they don't have those anywhere else, you know. It's like, but no, Missouri's got it all, dude. Like we're in the middle of a forest in the mountains, and we got city and rivers, and we got lakes. Yeah. You ever go to the Lake of the Ozarks? Absolutely. Uh, that's that's like they, that's the traditional uh, Missouri experience. Is to go down to the lake. They love the you out there, bro. <laughs> yeah, I can tell they love you out there. They're all they're all conservative too, and they those guys got to figure it out. But, but the policy out there, I love their policies, man. Like mm-hmm. like those guys. There's a lot of great politicians out of there, man. Like I, I know a lot of those guys, like the county commissioner, and like, even the police officer. Like every, I mean, those guys are just awesome, man. Like I, I, I've, I've never found a market like that. I, I'd rather do comedy in Lake of the Ozarks anywhere else in the United States. I, I did, I did 20 states last year. And Lake of the Ozarks is my favorite out of, out of like just any section of anything I did. I went to Hawaii too, and Hawaii mm-hmm. sucks compared to Lake of the Ozarks to me. As far as I, I don't know. Yeah. And it's much more expensive. Much more yeah, expensive. It's, yeah, it's a I third mean- world country, but but it, it feels like a third world country. You're spending 20 bucks on coffee. I was like, what is this? They got chickens crossing the road and stuff. I'm like, what year is this, man? Like, like you know what I mean? And they really let us down in World War II, you know? They're, they're the only place that got attacked ever. Um, right, we, got, right, we, got, right. we got some more questions for you, sorry. Like, I, I get sidetracked on story time. But, okay, so uh, Susie wants to say oh, – he's covering all our faces. Our, my vanity's going back. Okay. Do you have time for more questions? A lot of – a lot of my female counterparts have a huge issue with having rights to making medical choices regarding their own bodies. I mean, murder is not a choice, you know, it's a sin. But uh, I'm sorry, hang on. Specifically talking about tying tubes. Okay, that's different. Tying tubes, hysterectomies, as you mentioned, your stance on abortion. So how far you take the train of action? Would you permit women to take the reproductive organs? What, what's your opinion on all that? They're asking uh, you so, now. You know, uh, uh, medical decisions about uh, hysterectomies uh, and, and the other procedures that Susie uh, is mentioning there, I, I absolutely uh, think is between uh, a doctor uh, and the patient. Uh, I think that is separate uh, from the institution of abortion. You know, right. uh, abortion is the taking of a life. So, uh, I, you know, you're, you're right. Yours and my rights don't uh, don't come at the cost of somebody else's rights. So you, you can't you can't take your your right to life doesn't come at the cost of somebody else's right to life. So I see abortion in its own uh, separate category. But the things that Susie was mentioning there, absolutely, those are going to stay uh, within the realm of doctor patient relationships. I think a lot of people don't understand Republicans. I, I think they all think we're racist, don't want them to have health care, uh, yeah. whatever. They, they don't understand anything. Like, it's because they never talk to us. Like, they never, they throw all this hate at us and stuff like that. Like, I have so many people, like, when I talk about the border, I was talking to my friend who's a very smart guy. He's a, he's a lawyer, very smart guy, liberal somehow. And like, uh, and he was just like, uh, he's like, oh, you just think all these people are coming across the border? I'm like, it's like fighting age yeah. men, man. Like, do you yeah. not see this? Like, it's like fighting age men <laughs> we, walking across the we border. We don't think it's, we know it's happening. <laughs> yeah. It's just like, it's like nuts to me that they don't see it. There's a weird disconnect. And I don't think a lot of people can live in reality because like, I, we, I, I, like the thing we probably have in common the most, we're kind of adrenaline guys, probably if you're hunting and stuff like that, we're probably adrenaline guys that can like live in reality and aren't, aren't blinded by trauma, you know? And I think it's, I mean, and I'm not knocking people that are, I'm just saying you have to work through your trauma. So you're not controlled by susceptible marketing. And, and I think that, um, I think that like when something's real, I'm like, I'm not just going to like cower. I, like when I see it happening, I'm like, okay, let's fix this. I'm not going to like blame it on other people or blame it on racism or blame it on like the healthcare. I mean, it's just, none of it makes any sense. And there's a huge disconnect between like, uh, I don't think Democrats really disagree with this too much if they knew what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's well, my, I, actually, a lot of the ideas, a lot of the ideas that I'm talking about in the campaign are actually popular with the uh, Democrats, Republicans and independents like, so for example, Getting rid of personal property tax on vehicles, you know, that's one of our major complaints. Uh, if if that went to the, if that was, if that was something that was on the ballot, uh, it, it gets probably gets eighty to ninety percent support, and that's Republicans, Democrats, and Independents because everybody knows uh, that that is crushing middle and income or middle and uh, working class income households just to be able to have to pay rent of the car uh, every December first. So, uh, it, you know, remember what I said: ideas will rule the world, and and. Our ideas about how to make our state strong, our country strong, uh, are overwhelmingly popular, and they've already been embraced by Missouri. I mean, every two years, uh, the people of the state show up and empower huge majorities of Republicans to enact uh, the policy ideas that they talk about. So the problem is not that our policies are wrong. It's the problem is that a lot of our politicians just have a weak spot. So we've got to get over that. In 2024 is a huge opportunity to do so. No, I love that, and I think that's a great point. I think that, uh, yeah, like a lot of these guys will just say anything, man. And like you seem like a guy who sticks to what you say, and I respect that. You first, you first, I knew who you were prior, but you first got my attention as a governmental candidate when you said the tax thing. So that was your yeah. first, uh, that was your first like push you had, I think, where you had all the graphics and stuff being like no income tax. I'm like, what? This guy, this guy just said no income tax. I'm hey, like, man. I'm, I'm, I'm like blatantly with that, but I want to hear more. And I, I, mean, yeah. I was just like, 
I, I love that. And then Florida got Florida's not doing that. Las Vegas isn't doing that. Right. Um. And, and the problem with like Vegas now they have an entertainment tax, but Florida I guess has tourism to back it. We we need to figure out a way to where um some of these things don't go broke. But I think we're like you said though. I think you I think you nailed it for Missouri. I think we're overspending by at yeah. least half. I mean, uh, if yeah. not more. And um, I had this idea. I'm not sure how good it is. Where like uh, or if it's even possible. Where, like, if you had like a website that you could put in like your social or something and see where your tax dollars go and maybe vote to where it goes, because like people without kids don't care about the schools and people and people without like I mean just certain things and people that don't drive don't care about the roads. I mean that's a dumb example, but I'm just saying like like people want to want to vote where their money goes and, and be accountable and see that it goes somewhere. Because I don't mind taxes, I mind the misuse of taxes. Like yeah. like 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 St. Louis has very high taxes in the city and there are potholes everywhere. I mean pot you can fit you can. A family of four could live in these potholes, and, and then they have like uh, just just nuts policy. The schools are ridiculous. It's where the the charter schools or the uh, the premier schools out here, the STEM schools, and those aren't even paid by tax dollars. The pri- the private schools, the premier schools out here, and they're still trying to take my tax dollars. You know, off everything I earn, and it just makes no sense to me. And like I I'd push like an, an accountability first almost, and then like and then like I mean, but I love your I like your idea better honestly. But I was just saying that's where my head was, like just brainstorming. Well, you know, well, keep like, in mind you mentioned Florida uh, just. You actually, I don't think you've been to, but you hit on uh, something that is actually very accurate. We are spending uh, twice in Missouri per person what the state of Florida is spending per person. I mean, think about it. that's amazing. I mean, Florida has a much more elderly population that has uh, some healthcare costs associated with their Medicaid program that we don't have. Uh, and yet Seems we're like spending money laundering. twice per person. Like, that's crazy. It's crazy. Sounds like money laundering, bro. I, I mean, that's, that's 100%. It is, it is, it is, uh, it is a broken process. And uh, we we have lacked an executive in the governor's mansion. And this was true, not just while the Republican governors have been in their past seven years, but when the Democratic governors were in there before that. But we have not had an executive in this state taking charge of that budget, uh, going through it, not with a scalpel, but with a chainsaw uh, and busting that budget up, getting rid of the waste and restoring some sanity to the tax burden in this state by getting rid of the income tax and getting rid of a personal property tax. If we did those things, and I'm not even I'm not saying necessarily that those things are easy, but if we did those things, people would start moving to the state of Missouri like they're moving to those other big states. And that is the kind of economic growth that all politicians talk about, but rarely deliver. I have mixed feelings on letting people know Missouri is cool. You know, I, I definitely think it's the best state. But I, like, I, I have mixed feelings on letting people know about it, though. It's like it's like I don't know, man. I, I love the idea. They're going to find out. <laughs> they're going to find out either way. Fair, fair, fair. And so, economically speaking, you're right. That would bring a lot of like, I mean. Look what's happened to Kansas City with like Taylor Swift and the Chiefs, man. You know, yeah. I think like, yeah. I mean, I mean, I mean, that's just great for the state. I mean, we're in the Super Bowl next week, and that's great. And then like, and then like uh, every other year, the St. Louis teams are, you know. So it's like, yeah. <laughs> you, I remember when when I used to run a small business, uh, my remodeling company before I got into politics. I used to say that you know, in business, in the realm of business, with sales, everything else can be fixed. If you have a product or a service that someone uh, desires, is willing to spend some of their treasure in order to obtain, uh, there's usually not a production problem that can truly derail uh, a business like that. Well, in geopolitics, uh, I'm fond of saying that with population growth, uh, everything else can be fixed. If there are folks that are willing to want to come to your area and they're bringing their time, talent, treasure, and innovation uh, and risking it all, raising their families where you're at, Almost every other everything else is easy. You know, the 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 burden, if you look at the most prosperous areas of our state right now, they also happen to be the areas of the state that are fastest growing. Look at St. Charles County, fastest growing county in in the state. It's doing very well. And on the on the opposite end of the spectrum, guess what we have? St. Louis City, the fastest shrinking area. Well, every time somebody leaves St. Louis City, uh, it's 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 a it's a manpower human drain on that area, which is taking not just tax dollars away. But human capital uh, that employers need in the area, uh, innovation, you know, the, the neighborhoods are drying up and, and it's just a, it's just a real mess. So uh, it is we want to pursue policies that other states have already uh, have shown to be very successful in terms of growing economic activity and population growth. No, you're definitely right. I mean, I, I saw during 2020, like uh, when, when they made us like Aunt, like feel like Anne Frank, where like, we all know. I mean, I, and I'm from O'Fallon, where it just seemed ludicrous to me. Like the whole thing seemed insane to me. And then I'd go back to St. Charles County and O'Fallon and like the country and stuff like that, and, and it was just normal. And then the city, like I like I think I spent the summer, all summer of 2020, because like I, I think everything was canceled. My wife was like got out of school early. She's a teacher, so she got out of school early and stuff, and went to the country. I come back, everybody's dressed like a like in trash bag hazmat suits and look, looking like an idiot, man. It just, it just made yeah. no sense. And I'm like, I'm like, yeah. and you guys didn't do any of that. And I think 2020 was a huge rush to your guys. And the metropolitan area is now like eight million almost now or so or more amount, I think. 
Well, you know, in, in St. Charles, we avoided some of the uh, more ridiculous items. Uh, I mean, remember Sam Page, the county executive, uh, was actually going around yeah. how, many, how many people uh, you were allowed to have over for Thanksgiving dinner. Remember that that insanity? I mean, it was just nuts. I mean, St. Louis City uh, were requiring city employees to turn over their HIPAA records so that they could independently verify that you got the shot uh, so that you could maintain your employment. Uh, even in St. Charles, where we didn't have that level of craziness, uh, even in St. Charles, we were quarantining healthy children and taking them out of school all day for five days if they had been exposed. Uh, and these were healthy kids in, in the the loss of interaction, physical interaction that they had uh, with their peers uh, set them back tremendously in terms of learning and the, the educational academic outcomes in this state. So there was some damage even being done in some of the redder areas of the state. And it's all something that the governor, uh, working through his health department uh, with some executive orders and applying pressure to the local health departments that were running, uh, you know, just outrageously crazy during that time, he could have put a stop to it a lot more than he did. And I think that's that leaves some folks with a bad taste in their mouth. Yeah, I'd say I'd say right before 2020, you saw like uh, you saw a lot of young people go to St. Louis for the lower cost of living, all that. I was, I was part of that, you know. I was part of like the the 20 something year olds that went to St. Louis and got got like uh, some old house from the 1920s and made it nice and stuff. And and then like and then like 2020 ruined all that, man. It ruined all that, and they all went back. And like and like uh, and you and you're right, they left in record numbers. Like people were just moving out like crazy, man. I remember just like you look out your window, you see moving trucks and different different uh, four family flats. I mean, each day, man, like. They, they were moving out in like her, herds and stuff. And like, uh, and somehow it's only these like loud, emotional, weird people staying. And, and it just doesn't make any sense to me. It's like, like the loudest, dumbest person in the room is trying to decide what everybody does out, out there. And, and like, that would not last where I'm from. Like, you know, we just be like, shut up. Like, I mean, that's, I, like, it just wouldn't even work. Like, I don't understand I, how it works out here. Like, uh, well, <laughs> I used to live in a Fallon. <laughs> so I'm in Weldon Spring right now, but I used what to live in a Fallon. You live in? For almost a uh, so just south of 40, uh, down on Double D. So uh, south of 40, Double D, or uh, uh, Winghaven Parkway uh, turns into Double D Highway. So I lived uh, about a mile south of Highway 40 out in St. Charles. Is that Darden Prairie or O'Fallon right there? Is it uh, it's actually, uh, un it's, it's O'Fallon. It's unincorporated. You're just right. to the west. Yeah, unincorporated O'Fallon, just to the west of uh, of Darden Prairie. Okay, cool. Yeah, I, I used to live, uh, I grew up actually. Uh, my family's from O'Fallon. I, I grew up uh, behind that old Schnooks off Veterans Memorial across from like Ethel's and that a neighborhood oh, Spring yeah. Hill. Like, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I mean, I grew up, I grew up there. So, I mean, it's funny. You not, you don't realize how much you have in common from where you're from until a tragedy like 2020 happens. Yeah. Like, I mean, yeah. I, I was just like, man, I lived in St. Louis like six years or, or longer, maybe eight years or something like that before that. And I'm like, I'm like, man, I'm from St. Louis, blah, blah. You know, you just live there so long. And then like the, that all that happens. I'm like, man, I'm definitely from O'Fallon by how I act. Like, like, it's just like, <laughs> <laughs> I, did, I just saw that. I was eating like buffets and like with old people and stuff. And I'm like, this is all, all fake. I mean, I'm not gonna just go that down that road. But but it was just like it was just nuts, man. It was like it was a weird time. And you're right. I mean, it, it was very good for your area. It was very good for um for where you represent. I think. And it shows that your leadership was smart. And a lot of guys like you and like Ben Brown and, and a lot of those guys like really stood up for that man and really like kind of handled it. And like we're just like, dude, we're free. You forgot that. I guess I guess you forgot we're free. Um, and I, I kind of love that energy of, of St. Charles County because of that, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, it's, uh, it, it, I think something that's important to keep in mind is there's going to be another, uh, situation like that. You know, the last time it was this pandemic or, or scamdemic, uh, they'll, the, the government, the powers that be are going to think of some other crisis that they're going to use to tread on our rights. And we're going to have to always be vigilant. We don't know what it's going to be, but we do know it's going to come uh, at some point. And we need leaders in office, you know, not just in Jefferson City, but at the local level that are going to protect the rights of their citizens. Yeah, I almost wonder if that's what that Texas thing was to push us into a civil war for martial law. I was almost, I'm all, I was almost wondering, that's how the first civil war started, like, like the states versus the feds. And um and I was like looking at that and I'm, just, I'm like are these guys gonna fake a civil war just to just to stay just so a bumbling idiot can stay in power? It's like, you know what I mean? It's just like it's just like it makes no sense to me. And like uh, I'll never forgive my dead grandpa for voting for him. You know what I mean? I'll never I'll, I'll never forgive my dead family members for voting for Biden. You know? Well, uh, nobody nobody's perfect, but we have the opportunity to uh, to to make better on that this year. So life is good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I hope that Haley thing doesn't work. It's it's, it's just nuts, man. I, um. I don't know. This is just the weirdest. I mean, I've never seen a president not allowed to debate in his primary. And I've never seen like, like, and when he did, they like silenced the crowd and did all this weird stuff. I mean, I've never seen so many people okay with it either. It's like, it's like very, China's all over this. It just seems like China, bro. 
I mean, it just it just seems like communist China. And like, I'm like, do we already lose? Like, what's going on? Or like, how? What's our exit strategy? Is it globalists using China? Is 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 it China or is it the globalists? You know, I mean, she's like all these different. There's all these like infl- institutions like infiltrating us because we're open source like kind of society we have about how we are the all star team, how how the best of everyone came here, and a lot of these guys are pretending to be the best of those countries coming here and infiltrating us and like trying to take us over. And it's kind of a disgusting time. I mean, and and like a lot of these generals are saying, I mean, it's not going to be good for them if they keep pushing us. It's just not. I mean, I don't see I don't I don't see the American people selling out as fast as our institutions did. You know. No, I, I agree with that. And, and again, I think the a, a testament to that is seeing how many folks in amongst the American public are coming out because they're angry. They are frustrated and it's showing up. I'm, we are seeing just in the past uh, 18 months here in the state of Missouri, we have seen more new grassroots organizations formed uh, that are engaging in the political discussion than we ever have before. We're seeing results in our in our primaries and our general elections, as I mentioned earlier, that we've never seen before. There was a uh, in the last primary cycle, there was an individual, a state senator, who was running for re-election, who, for the first time since World War One, lost a his re-election primary, uh, Republican primary. So that hasn't happened in more than a century. So, it, it we are seeing change, uh, and generally, the 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 silver lining of all the things that are going wrong is that we do have that level of engagement. So we've got to make sure that. Uh, wherever we're trying to be leaders at, at the state, local level, that we are putting out a vision of that better tomorrow that people uh, can hear and they can buy into. Well, I definitely agree. And I wish St. Louis would catch on a little bit, man. Like, because uh, mm. like, because they're fun. Like, like everybody's kind of like where where I was like four years ago. They finally like kind of see that it was all lies and like what's happening, kind of. And Biden's not a good choice. But then like the left, like they're like, okay, Cory Bush is ridiculous. They finally see that, right? And they're like, okay, what about this other guy who's literally done nothing? Should he replace her? And then like, I'm like, they put their faith in complete losers that have like that, that do nothing. And then the, and then like wonder why it doesn't work. And in four years, there's like, oops, let's try another guy. And I'm just like, and I'm like, that's your plan? It's just like it's just like they will vote a cat in if it's if it's if it's a Democrat, man. They, they, they will vote a corpse in, man. And, and it makes no sense. And, 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 and it's just I just don't see it, man. And and like and the Republicans running are just like fools. Like 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 the like the guy like uh, um the the guy that uh, tried to run uh in the seat I was running for just is like does he have a brain like I'm just like I'm like is he a, is does he have brain waves going at all it's, it's just like crazy they get mad at cuss or something like that but these guys can't do anything like like they, they they they've never had like what I want is more guys like you that know okay if you can run a successful business I think you can run what you you can represent people also you need you need the business aspect of it right now because our economy's a joke I mean the dollar has no value almost and and, and like people people are like put more value in a, in a dog coin instead of the American dollar right now is just so delusional, you know, and, and a guy like you ran a successful company that was local, then went national. And, and then, and then it represents your people actually speaks for the people of, of where you're from. You know what I mean? You have your own opinions and I'm not saying you don't, but I'm saying like, you at least speak for the people of your area. Like I, I know St. Charles, I grew up there. I, I, I spent my twenties there even. So I know how they think there and they think like you talk and, and, and that's what it's about, man. And, 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 and just, I, I just don't know. I'm like, I'm like half, push St. Louis in the river. And I'm like another half, like save it. You know, I'm like, I, I don't know what to do. And, and that's the most irritating thing in Missouri to me is, is just St. Louis. The rest of Missouri can be thriving, man. We could, if St. Louis like got its, got its life together, man, we, we, the County would want to be part of it again. And you have 8 million people in St. Louis. You would have 8 million people in the city of St. Louis. If they got their life together, you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, and, and again, I think that we have, uh, uh, that that's why we've got to start holding the these politicians down in, in St. Louis City. They do not want to protect the rights of their citizens. They're letting chaos unfold every single night down in the city of St. Louis, and the state does nothing about it. The, the state uh, stands by, continues to send tax dollars into the city, and, and doesn't hold them accountable for that. And if that doesn't change, and right now we have a very establishment regime in charge in Jefferson City, and as you pointed out earlier, that the folks, the, the two guys that I'm running against represent more of that establishment, represent more of the same, more of the status quo. Uh, and it's uh, it's not going to get better down there. We have to have St. Louis strong. Yeah, and, and I don't know if I want to name names, but like one of the guys you're running against like stuck up for a pedophile publicist of his own, man. And, and like and like I had I don't even I don't want to even I almost don't want to name names, man. But that's why it's getting me more involved in annoying you to be on here. And I'm gonna spam this yeah. to so many people and buy ads, bro. Because because like I want you in that chair, man. And I'm, I'm gonna do my part to get you in that get you in that mansion, bro. Because like I cannot, I cannot stand what these other guys are doing, dude. Yeah. And it's irritating. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love the great state of Missouri, man. It's my favorite state. And I love guys like yeah. you. And I love what you've done as a senator, man. And I want to see you in that mansion, bro. Yes. Well, I, I tell you what, uh, you know, it's like I said earlier, you're not alone uh, in wanting to see that kind of change as well. And it's just, um, 
you know, the, the, the swamp, the status quo cannot, uh, they can't imagine the Missouri that we're talking about with these ideas. And it's just, uh, it's doing very well. It's doing very well. So we're, we're going to keep fighting. Let's go Missouri. Definitely agreement. I love this state. And thank you. Uh, and thank you for, for your services uh, as a senator. Thank you for your service in the military. And thank you for, I mean, like most of your life's been in debt to America, man. So I appreciate that all. And, and like, I want to see you in that mansion, bro. And like, uh, if you want to throw out anything, like, uh, before we get out of here, I, I just, uh, I, I definitely want to appreciate, I appreciate you for going backwards in your career being on the show. I know you do. I know you're, I know you're, you're, you're doing big things and I appreciate you uh, spending an hour here with me and like go to billigle.com. And if you got anything to throw out before we get out of here, feel free, brother. Nope. I think we covered just about everything. Uh, BillEigle.com. Check out the website. It's got my whole platform on there, uh, not just about personal property tax, but some of the other proposals that we want to see uh, to make Missouri uh, uh, a much better version of the one that we're living in today. And uh, take, check it out. Sign up. Uh, let's go. Let's go, Missouri. Definitely, definitely. And uh, vote for um, Bill or vote for Senator Bill Eigel, uh August 6th in this primary. And let's uh, let's get an actual Missourian in there for once, like somebody that loves our state for once. And like, uh, and thank you very much, man. I appreciate it. And thank you, everybody, for watching. Uh, I know I know it's a Monday night, and, you're wa- and there's 500 people watching this. So I appreciate you guys taking your time to watch this. Yeah. And um, just help Bill win however you can. Knock some doors with this man. You know, just uh, make some phone calls. Call, text everyone on your phone to vote for him. On August, August, tell them a day ahead of time. On August 5th, remind them. Just tell them all to vote for Bill, and let, let's get some people, good people in office for once, you know? Yep. Anthony, thanks so much for having me, man. Appreciate it. I'll, uh, hopefully you'll have me on again. Definitely, brother. Definitely. Thank you for coming on here. Appreciate you. That was uh, Senator Bill Eigel. Definitely vote for him. August 6th, uh, 2024. I'm going to get out of here. Um, thank you for wasting your time with me. You know, I, I appreciate you guys. Without without you watching this, without guys like Senator Eigel coming on here, without sponsors, this would be delusional. This would be nothing. I would be nothing. This wouldn't be a show. So thank uh, thank you all for watching. I appreciate it. And we need you guys voting for uh, Senator Eigel. Just uh do whatever you can. Text everyone on your phone. Text everybody on social media. Stop sharing cat videos for a day. And just tell everybody to vote for this man. We need him in office. And thank you very much for your time. God bless you and God bless him.